Blog Talk Radio. It's like you're looking through a telescope. You see where you're going to be. Growing, getting better. You're not the person they see. Can't be mad at the things you've been through. Because they built your muscle. Now you're stronger than you've ever been. They can't stop your
yeah, it says something about live producer is a new way to go live. Um, so a lot okay. of different things up here. For those right. for those of you tuning in, uh, welcome to the Butterfly Evolution Show. Uh, this is the first night we are attempting to go live on Zoom um, and on Facebook and on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we are on Blog Talk every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 8 p.m. Central. Um, we've been doing this. Well, Tamir's been doing it longer than I have. Uh, I joined the party back in 2014, and I think Tammy started in either 2011, 2012. Uh, uh, we... Um, and we've been blo- uh, we've been broadcasting uh, live um, on Blog Talk Radio um, ever since then. Uh, tonight we are uh, trying to move into the digital age, and you're talking about two people who are not very good with technology, uh, but we are but we are trying to uh, trying to do something new. Uh, we have a great show lined up for you guys tonight. Um, it is a very thought provoking show. Um, and just like most of the shows that we do, um, we haven't talked a lot about it. Um, we haven't compared any notes. Um, <laughs> um, in fact, I didn't even get a chance to write down anything, um, which is, which is the case most weeks. Uh, but we, we like to go from the heart. We like to talk about, uh, you know, different things, but the show is primarily about transformation and change. Um, and that can be in in your relationship with your spouse or significant significant other. That can be about relationship with your family members, friends. That can be about situations on your job. That can be um, in your community. Uh, we touch on a whole lot of different things. Sometimes we talk about religion or church. Um, so we talk about a lot of different things, but it all comes back to uh, who you are as a person, who you um used to be, who you are, and who you are uh, working to be. Um, So tonight we are going to uh, focus on uh, some of the recent events that have happened since our last show. I feel like a lot has happened uh, since the last time we were on the air uh, back in May. Um, Before we do that, uh, we want to share our trash can concept with you. we like to ask you guys to move your uh, trash can. It could be any trash can. Um, could be a trash can that you have in your office. Uh, could be a trash can that you have in your in your house. But wherever that trash can is, move it to a different location. And when you do that, see how many times you uh, revisit its old location. Um, because a lot of times we get uh, caught up into habits could be good habits, could be bad habits, uh, but we, we we live on autopilot. Even when we're traveling back and forth to work, we take the same routes. And and, and that one day that we have to we have to go uh, to the store, or we have to swing by and pick up the kids from you know basketball practice. Or anytime there's a change, you know we tend to you know start out and say, wait a minute. You know, we get so used to the trash can being in the same spot, we don't even look to see where the trash can is anymore. We just toss the trash because we know that trash can is in that spot. You know, if we're uh, going a different route home from work, you know, if we have to make a detour, how many times have you said, oh, my goodness, I was supposed to be going here. I'm so used to going this way. So 
move your trash can and see how often you go back to, uh, you know, be, and, and think about how you do that in life. Think about how symbolic that is in your life. How often do you find yourself trying to make a change and you go back to old situations? You go back to um, old friends or uh, old uh, significant others. You know, you find yourself, you know, backtracking instead of looking forward or, or, or adjusting to the change. Uh, think about how it, difficult it, it may have been for you, you to change during this time where we've been uh, dealing with the coronavirus. Um, so that's what we are all about. That's what we try to uh, promote. If you are listening um, uh, online or, or via um, the link uh, or via the Butterfly Evolution uh, site through Blog Talk and you want to call in, um, with a question or a comment, uh, the number to dial is 563-999-3542. Again, 563-999-3542, um, and just the number one, and we will pull you in by the by your area code and the last four digits of your phone number. And you can also leave uh, comments in the chat room. Um, and if you uh, if you send us a message via text or messenger or something like that, we will gladly uh, share your thoughts on the air. only thing we ask is that you are respectful uh, with those things. Tammy, are you ready? Well, I don't know because I can't tell if we're live on Facebook or not. I see that it says, uh, I actually have sent Samaria a message saying, hey, are we live? So I'm waiting for her. To let me on that for some reason, I just can't. Tell. Said it's not so, there. It's not there. So let me see why. Because we want to make sure. Because it tells me to stop. Okay. Now I think it just did not complete. Um, when I tried earlier, stop live. So I thought it was it was doing it. So right now we might have to do that. All over again. We might have to say what you said all over again. Oh, <laughs> it's fine. We'll come back to it anyway. Um, are you on Facebook now? I'm going live now. I think it's actually working. Um, I was uh, hoping to be a part on my screen. It says live on Facebook. Okay, super. And it's that's, that's kind of funny because it's still showing that mine is coming in. So that is actually funny. Mary says she can see it. I, okay, so let me see why. So am I not supposed to be able to see it? And those of you who are listening to us, again, be patient. This is our first time doing the live stream for the radio show. So as long as you guys can see it, maybe I'm not supposed to be able to see it. I'm not sure. Gotcha. Yeah, online it says uh, on your part of the Zoom oh, I got it. it says live. I got it. I got it. So it's All actually right. oh, on my timeline. So, Rodney, if you don't mind. Hold on. Let's see here. Gotcha. <laughs> All good? 
<laughs> so, uh, again, you guys, we'd like to uh, – and we'll come back to the trash can concept. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But uh, we want to welcome you guys again to the uh, Butterfly Evolution Show. Again, we do this We do this every um, Tuesday night um, at 9 p.m. Eastern happening time. Right. What do you mean something's happening? We yeah. might just need to go with it. <laughs> Oh no, something's happening. I'm not sure because uh, it's still it's showing up on some areas. It's a little delayed. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna happen, Tammy. Okay. Yeah, the delays are gonna happen. Yeah, the 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 Facebook is gonna be behind the Zoom. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but we are on every Tuesday night, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 Central. Uh, we like to promote transformation um, or change. Um, we like to talk about um, a lot of different um, issues. Sometimes it, it is a current event. Sometimes it is uh, just a topic that that is um, come to one of us. And so uh, we, 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 we like to focus on the things that we like to um, – we like to help ourselves become better people, and in turn, we, we also like to help um, others become better people. So we talk about a lot of different things that, that challenges um, each and every one of us uh, to become a better person. So um, tonight we have a very um, special show for you. We're going to talk about um, the things that have been going on in our society since our last show. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to uncover. We'll see how much uh, we get through it. Um, please uh, don't expect us to, you know, dance around certain things or dance around certain issues. Uh, we're just going to be honest and upfront. And, you know, just because it is, just because we say it doesn't make, doesn't make it a fact. Um, it may be something that we've personally experienced, maybe something that we've personally felt, but, you know, we can't speak for everybody. However, um, we definitely think that this is, this is a conversation that needs to be had, um, and so we are going to have it tonight. It is going it, it is going to be a lot different from what you probably see on social media or from what you see on you know mainstream media or even conversations that you have with your family and friends. So uh, feel free to jump in. It's okay to say you know that's not my experience or you know I don't get that. That totally fine. Uh, we are all here to uh, to learn and to become better people. So, with that, Tammy, I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay, welcome, again. welcome again, everyone. Thank you for your patience. Again, this is very new for for someone like me, um, and I think Rodney as well. But it seems that the the things that we were experiencing, the difficulties, is what thank God for that. Um, again, this is, um, for me, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there, Rodney. Very different for me this time around. We don't talk much about, um, we do, but not in this, in this way. We kind of do it in our private little set, uh, Butterfly Evolution radio show. Uh, for the most part, we have our regular listeners. Every now and then someone new will come in, but I'm going to start out Rodney, with this. And you have not, you and I have not had a chance to talk about this, but the times I have 
talked about this. It's mainly been um, Tabernacle, I hope I'm in his name right, you know, the kneeling of the flag and so forth. And, you know, Black Lives Matter, but what about how we treat each other? And I'm at the point that I have to apologize for even putting that in the mix because it's two different things. And mm-hmm. one, meaning how we treat one another, if we had to answer that question, I have to take it back to where it all began. Um, we talk often about now about when um, going through pregnancy and the stress level, maintain your stress, keep yourself positive. Think about, think about giving you a few things to think about as we walk into this topic, because it's, it's a very, very emotional um, coming from a place where I'm just over it. I'm just over all of the BS, the political BS behind all of this. I'm over it. There's no more excuses. No more. So I just want you guys to just, um, especially people who don't look like me, especially men who are not the color of the same color skin that my son has, that my brother Rodney has, that my brother Mike has. Um, what if you it was your son minus the color? And now go back to what Samaria said to us on a show before. And this is taking color out of it. This is just person to person. When you are in the car and someone's crossing, you want them to hurry along because you're the driver and you have somewhere to go. When you're the person crossing the street, when you're the pedestrian, then you want that car to wait on you. You want that car mm-hmm. to be patient. So the only thing changed was now you are now the person you wanted to hurry on. So I think in saying that, a lot of this is egotistic. It's somebody, someone's personal self-image and, and self-importance, the color of their skin. So keep that in mind. And I'm going to go back to um, a few weeks ago. Brandon and I, my son, I got into a heated argument about hanging out at night, late at night, like finish. And I was furious. I was livid. And we kind of had that conversation on the phone. We, it was a blow up. And it was because my son is a black male. I already know that a cop passing him He's a threat. He's out jogging because he did something or he's going to do something. And I'm going to stop it. Minus minus all, everything else. No matter who he is, that's what he is to most cops. Not all. And so fast forward, we had not heard about the young man who was killed, I believe, Anna, while jogging or somewhere near. Um, so we had not heard about that. But about a week or so out, we heard about it. Now, what came to my mind is when I moved in the same house that my son is in now, he was 10th grade, I think, something like that. And we had just recently moved in. He was getting to, we had kind of been 
stacking boxes and he wanted to go talk. Well, by now, it's about six-ish. It's a different time of the year. And Brandon is now 32 years old. And I was telling him the same thing back then is, you can't go jogging. And he's thinking, this is my home. This is my community. What do you mean I cannot go jogging? And it was my fear then. It is my fear now to the point where if, if my son wanted something from my house that I've cooked, if he would call me late at night, he's just getting in. What, what did you cook? And I tell him and he wants to try and get a plate. I would say, I have to run out anyway. I'll drive by. Only because, and it was so not true, but I prefer he lived about five minutes away from me, and that's with the light. I'm light. Catching him. I would prefer that I get in the car and drive and drop the plate off, pretending that I have to get out anyway, rather than him drive five minutes to my house. That is fear of a and I'm just saying because I'm a mother. I'm not saying a, a black man father doesn't have the same. Um, that is a problem that all these years later, my son now has a, he is a father. All these years later, I still have that fear, and I'm still having to tell my son that even the more now because of all that has happened. So take that out of it. Slavery. The mental stress that slavery caused. I was sitting across my godmother a couple of years back who said to me in a just a very conversation about race is that she was talking about having to get on the bus. And, and I'm so naive and so out of touch with, with the fact that she went through, she came through that time because of her age. And I said, what? You had to do what? That was during her time. So, you guys, there is a problem. There there has been a problem. It's bigger than the, the police officer, the recent police officer, who killed Floyd. It's bigger than that. This is about the systemic racism. Because, see, before it gets to, to the point where someone, anyone, would be, be okay and comfortable with doing this again, knowing what happened previously, the fact that he's okay, you feeling me, and I'm still okay with this. I am so much into my whiteness or my whiteness that I feel comfortable in doing this. Why? Because somewhere along the way, he has been made peaceful and that I have a right to take your life because you are not privileged. So, Rodney, before I turn it back over to you, I want to... I'm actually going to run out because I have something that I wanted to use as a and I'm be able to use this um, demonstration. And I'll have to be careful because I don't want anybody saying that I'm I'm um, referencing or comparing a life to this. But again, y'all, we get it. People, for the most part, people who look like us, we get it because we deal with it day in and day out in some way, shape, or fashion. So. I was thinking about the, and Rodney, you'll have to help me with this, the, the football guy who made the comment about the flag. What's his name? Colin Kaepernick. Well, the other one, the, the white one that just recently, I mean, there was. Oh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Okay, so to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. 
And then I'm going to hand back over to you. Um, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And I want to emphasize on one nation under God, okay, indivisible, with liberty and justice. But that one word I want people to keep in mind, all. Mm. So, if, and I'm looking, I'm looking, Blair, is that his name? Say that again. What is, what's his name, the football player? Drew Brees. So, let, let's take him, for instance. Apparently, and I don't know him, um, but when you can speak so carelessly when a life has been taken, you compare it to a flag and a, and, and a national, I don't know, pledge of allegiance that, that people people take so much pride in and that side becomes more important than all and that all is unique, then you have to search your soul. You have to search your soul because I feel saddened when I see anybody, anybody's life taken, especially my son who has said I'm here to protect and serve. And I don't think we get the same from most people. Like mm-hmm. your skin is a different color, and it is. Uh, I was asked not to use the word fearful today, but it concerns. It wanted me to use concern. I thought it was a better word in talking about this. It concerns me when I know that um, people who uh, people out there who say that they're there to serve and protect a portion of them the person that I birthed, just the sight of them and the color of their skin changes the game for them. For him, for you, Rodney, you're, you are assistant principal and you've been taught. Um, there's so many instances that I want to tell people about tonight to even help them see this even the more uh, about the experience Brandon has gone through, my brother, Brandon's friend, so many instances of injustice. So it's time to go back to the Malcolm X days. That's why if this does not change and, and if people like us continue to be killed, and yes, I said it. I'm saying it. I said it. It is not right. And injustice is injustice. That means nobody will have justice. Nobody will have peace. Nobody will have rest. So, Rodney, back over to you. I am going to go get my little things that I want to show tonight while you go for it, okay? All right. Um, that was a that that was a lot, and and and, and I'm going to try to um, and you guys again uh, for those of you guys listening. Um, if at any point you can't hear me or it sounds uh, like, you know, I'm muffled or, or, or they're static or something, please text me um, and, uh, and let me know. Um, I'm going to go back to the very beginning of, of what Tammy started talking about, and, and I'll start there, and then I'll, and I'll go on from there. Um, I had a thought this evening, Tammy, while I was out about, 
people bringing up bringing up black on black crime whenever we start talking about racism or police brutality or some uh, a black person is killed at the hands of a white person whether it is a um I'm not sure what that beeping is you guys um whether it is a um police officer or not because the situation in Georgia um you know that guy was an ex police officer um so Let's start there. And here's a thought that came to my mind, Tammy. The same people who like to bring up black-on-black crime in cases like these are usually the same people who don't want to talk about gun control whenever there's a mass shooting or a school shooting. Whenever there's a uh, whenever there's a, a a school shooting or a mass shooting, um, could be at a mall, could be a, on a military base, could be, um, you know, could be anywhere. Could be at a movie theater. Could be, could be anywhere. Whenever there's a mass shooting, you like you you have people who like to bring up gun control and. You know, we need to have stricter laws and things of that nature. And then there's always a crowd that likes to say, well, that won't change anything. You're trying to take away our rights. That has nothing to do with one person going in and shooting up a school. However, whenever there's a case of a white person killing a black person, the first thing that those same people like to do is bring up black on black crime. We are not talking about about black on black crime right now. We're talking about police brutality or we're talking about racism. We're talking about injustice. That's what we're talking about. Stick to the subject. The same way you want people to stick to the subject of mass shooting or this was, you know, a person who decided to go into a school and and, and kill 40 people. The same way you want to do it then is the same way that we should do it now. But the problem is, like you said, it turns into politics and people get very hypocritical. I see people all the time, especially on social media, but even in just conversations that I have with people. People will excuse Donald Trump or make excuses for him or won't say anything about the things that he says or does, but then they'll turn around and they'll bash Barack Obama, they'll bash Hillary Clinton, they'll bash Joe Biden. That's one of the biggest problems that I see with with every issue that we have in this country. People are hypocrites and they have double standards. And I'm sorry, murder is murder to me. And like I said in my Facebook post on Sunday, you don't hear for those for those people who say, well, they never address black-on-black crime or black people never address black-on-black crime. Yes, we do. We do it all the time. I can't tell you how difficult it is being a black man who speaks up about police brutality and a black man who speaks up about the violence in Chicago or wherever. 
When I wrote my book, Tired of Being Black, back in 2012, I can't tell you the number of black people that, one, wouldn't even open it and read it because they didn't like the title. That's one. Can't tell you the number of black people who, when they did read it, had, you know, they said, oh, I, okay, okay, I see where you're going with it now. And I can't tell you the number of black people, black people, who said Rodney is a sellout, Rodney is a coon, what do you want to be, white, if, you, if you're tired of being black? Because they were mad that I called out our own issues. So when you say, when, when people say, oh, they never say anything about black on black crime, yes, we do. Because people like me constantly talk about, and you, Tammy, and Tamaria, and a whole lot of other black people. We constantly talk about um, black people using the N-word, kids sagging their, uh, sagging their pants. We talk about black, black uh, musical artists who make up these songs that do nothing but belittle and disrespect women, especially black women. We talk about the, the, the things that go on in black churches that aren't right. We talk about how we, we only wanted the, the right to vote, and it's in my book. We, 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 we wanted all of these rights, until we got it. We wanted the right to go to school. We fought for the right to go to school. Now you have to fight us to get us to go to school. Same thing with voting. It's the same thing with sitting, you know, in certain spots. We wanted to sit in the front. Our, our, our ancestors, our, our, you know, our great-great-grandparents wanted to sit in the front. We all know the story of Rosa Parks. Wanted to sit in the front. The moment they said we can sit in the front, what did we do? We went straight to the back. So don't say, if you are one of those people who constantly say, well, they never talk about black-on-black crime, or if you hear people say, after this show, if you hear people say they never talk about black-on-black crime, no, you can, you can give them the number and the website to the, to the Butterfly Evolution Show because we are constantly, constantly on this show talking about how black people especially need to do better. However, when it comes to George Floyd and what happened to him, we are not talking about, and matter of fact, let me just say it like this. We ain't talking about black-on-black crime right now. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. Because for as long as I've been alive, and I'm sure, and Tim, you're older than I am, I'm sure it happened way before I was born, that black people have been oppressed, whether it was through slavery, whether it was through segregation, and it is still happening today. I saw something on uh, Facebook the other day, and it made me think. And I, I, I can't say that this is true or not true because I can't, I can't speak for people. But, it, but it, did make, it, it did make me pause and think. And it, and it wasn't towards me. It was just somebody just posted, you know, something in general. And it said, uh, your white friends don't like Black people, they just like you. And, and the reason why it made me think was because when I look at people's posts, people who I've worked with, people who, you know, I have, I have, I have a lot of respect for, when I look at their posts, or I'm going to say had because their, their respect level is going down and down and down. But when I look at the things that they say and look at the things that they post, I think about the fact that I could have been George Floyd. 
I could have been because how do I know if I get cash from the bank, how do I know the bank didn't give me a, a fake 20? If I, if I get cash from the store, how do I know the, the store didn't give me a fake, a fake 20 or 50 or something like that? I could have been a Maude Aubrey. I could have been out jogging. Could have been. I could have been Trayvon Martin walking back to the walking back to the house. I could have been these black men. The people who know me probably don't think that I would ever be in that in that predicament or that position with the police because they know me as Rodney the teacher. They know me as Rodney the assistant principal. They know me as as Rodney to marry his husband or Nadia's dad. They know me as a, a as a laid back guy. They know me as a cool, calm, and collected guy. They they know me. They they Rodney is a good guy to them, but what they don't understand is that's to you. But when I go to the grocery store, Rodney's not an assistant principal anymore. Yes. Rodney is a black man with basketball shorts on, a t-shirt, and tennis shoes. That's who Rodney is. And and to take it a step further. In the last five years, I've had two encounters with the police that I really believe if there were not witnesses around, I'd be dead. In both of those cases, the police uh, – no, I'm sorry. I was about to say they both stopped me. Let, let me. let me go back. One of them stopped me and was dead wrong for stopping me. And instead of just admitting that he was wrong for stopping me, his voice got louder. He got very defensive, and all I and all I said was, "He, uh, you know, I forgot, I forgot what he he was even saying." Oh, he said that I wasn't supposed to uh, make a turn where I did, and and he said that it was because that was for you know taxis and 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 things like that. And I said, "Well, I'm an Uber driver." When he realized that he was wrong, he said, "Well, how how am I supposed to know that?" I can't see your Uber sticker from way back there. Wait a minute. You pulled me over. <laughs> you know? And, you know, but he got but he got upset, and he, but luckily there were a whole lot of people out there. I don't know what that man would have done. The, the second time after that, I stopped, I flagged the policeman down because I was looking for something. That man started yelling for no reason. And then I noticed that he calmed down and changed his demeanor when he looked in the back seat and saw that there were two people there. So I really believe that something would have gone wrong if there were no people around. Should I have to feel like that? Nope. And I'll, I'll tell you this too. There was a there was a white uh, female that that used to teach at my my previous school. Um, and she was from Western Pennsylvania, and she said she always thought that black people were lying about how they were treated by the police until she happened to be in the car when a black guy was driving, and she saw how the police officer treated him. Her friend had done nothing wrong. The police officer had no reason for pulling him over. No reason for pulling him over. And then the officer treated that boy so bad. And then she said, oh, my God, I always thought black people were lying. She said, but this really is a thing. Yes, 
And when, when you are like the NFL and you come out and make a statement now, what was your statement before? Because, see, if, if, if you've got to come out and make a statement now, that means that you were doing things that were questionable or not right before now because no one should have to question whether or not you're racist if that's how you've been living. But see, the NFL, and they're just trying to protect their brand. That's all they are doing. It is about their brand. It is about ticket sales. It is about jersey sales. It is about people being in the seat. They, they, could, have, they could have said, instead of the way that they treated Colin Kaepernick, instead of, instead of going that route, instead of, you know, letting it blow up into this big thing, well, we will, you know what? We are not going to dismiss what he is saying. We're not going to dismiss his protest. Let's look into what he's saying a little bit more because, and, and I got to go back and look at this, but um, I believe the Supreme Court ruled a long time ago that you don't have to stand for the national anthem. When I taught in New York City, do you know how many times we said the Pledge of Allegiance? Zero. We said every day in Virginia, but when I was in New York City, you better not say the Pledge of Allegiance. We didn't do it. But when this man decides that he wants to protest, no, 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 because the, because the nation was split back then. But now that, the, that for the most part the nation is trying not to offend anybody or everybody's trying to be on the, the, quote, right side, now it's, oh, my God, we got it wrong. You got it wrong a long time ago. And you knew you, knew you got it wrong. You knew that, that that man said a number of times, he was not being disrespectful to the, any veteran. He was not being disrespectful to the flag or nothing. He wanted to bring awareness to the way that black people were treated in this country. And I'm, and I'm going to say this one last thing, Tim, and I'm turning it back over to you. When Colin Kaepernick um, knelt during the national anthem, when he started the whole thing, right, that turned into a big fiasco. It was a huge debate. You know, you had people on different sides. It, I mean, it blew up, right, because that was, what, 2014, 2015, I think. And, we, you know, we got social media. We got so many cameras, and, you know, everybody has an opinion. There. Everybody has a voice, right? But back in 1992, the Chicago Bulls won the, uh, won the NBA championship. There was a man on that team by the name of Craig Hodges. The Bulls, now Colin Kaepernick's thing was, was out in center. It was like on every single channel. Everybody was talking about on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, right? That was like broadcasting. But there was a man on the Chicago Bulls who uh, one of the best pure shooters or three-point shooters in the NBA, not just during that time, but in NBA history. That's how good that man could shoot. And he was, a, he, was, he was an instrumental part of the Bulls winning, you know, the championships, you know, back then. In 1992, when they won that championship, the Bulls went to the White House, and George H.W. Bush was the president. This man didn't draw attention to himself. He wasn't. It wasn't like now. You could, you could not have. You could not accuse him of looking for attention. 
here's what he did, Tammy. He went when they went to the White House. He he had on a dashiki. This man slipped the president a note, and all the note said was he he was asking the president to do something about the way that black people were treated in this country. Nobody knew about the note except the president and whoever the president told. Apparently, he got back to the Chicago Bulls and the NBA. That man never played in the NBA. One of the best shooters of all time. Never got a job. Why? Because he slipped the president a note. There was no Twitter back then. There was no Facebook. He didn't call the New York Times or the Washington Post. He slipped the president a note. All he asked was, can you look into the way black people are treated in this country and do something about it? So don't say that people are not trying to go about getting change when the cameras are off, because they are. The problem is people who don't understand or people who've never experienced it have been dismissive for way too long. Back over to you, Tim. Ronnie, I have a question for you before we get back into it. What do you think would have happened to you if if this was your need in if this was you and another black male or white male, if if you were the cop, not a cop, just a citizen, and you caused the death, where do you think you would be right now? If I had caused the death, Tammy, um, I really believe that I would be in jail, and I'll tell you why. Two instances, one was right here locally where we live, um, and this was a few months ago, a man, uh, a black man was handcuffed in a police car. He was sitting in the, in the, uh, the passenger seat of the police car. He was handcuffed. A black officer shot and killed him while he was handcuffed and sitting in the seat. That black man was arrested within like one or two days, uh, right away. There was no the, the, investigation. It never gained national attention or anything like that. That man was quickly thrown in jail. Right? He was quickly arrested, thrown in jail. Also, another example for you, in Minneapolis, where, you know, George Floyd was killed a few weeks ago. Not only that, before George Floyd, remember a few years ago, there was Philando Castile who was killed. He was with his girlfriend, the little girl in the back. The police shot him, right? right. That police officer who shot and killed Philando Castile he was uh, he was acquitted on all charges, right? The year it was a year after uh, that shooting, a black officer, black man, killed a white lady. That man was fired. He was arrested within days. That man was uh, found guilty of uh, third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. And he was sentenced to 12 and a half years in prison. So when people try to say that there's that they don't see the differences, there are plenty of examples out there. And so if I had done that, and if you don't mind, I'll jump into this too real quick. If a, if a police officer, if a police officer uses uh, excessive force or, you know, for whatever reason, if they if they kill somebody or if they use excessive force 
they get immunity. They they most likely are going to walk, right? And but here's the difference: I'm a public uh, worker just like they are. I serve the public just like they do. If a kid spits on me, hits me, cusses me out, throws chairs, I cannot you can't retaliate. I can't do right. anything. But a police officer who's also a public servant can say, oh, I felt threatened. Yeah. But if I feel threatened, I better chill out. I better be cool. That's not okay. Because you know what? Educators have a dangerous job too. Maybe not as dangerous as the police. You know, we don't have to go into into neighborhoods, into tough neighborhoods and fight crime, but we do have to go into tough schools sometimes. We do have to deal with weapons at times. We do have to deal with drugs at times. We do have to deal with kids spitting. We do have to we do have to uh, deal with. I, I, a friend of mine is an assistant principal. Kids spit right in his face. He couldn't do anything. But if but if it happens to a police officer, yep, they can tase you. Oh, they felt threatened, they can shoot you. No. If I have to control myself as a teacher, guess what? You need to control yourself too. Now if you're like because I could I will tell you this, nobody's gonna threaten my life. Now if my life is, is really threatened, then yes, I'm going to do what I have to do to stay alive. And I don't knock any police officer for doing that. But just because you get into a pissing match with somebody on the street and you want to flex your badge, no, sit down somewhere. Or, oh, he was bigger than me, or, oh, I felt threatened. No. If you can't take him by yourself, let him go. Come, Call in, get your boys, four or five of y'all take him down. Nobody should die because of a fake $20 bill. Back over to you, Tammy. Sorry about that. You know, I, I, I don't think anybody should die over anything, period, unless, unless they are trying to kill you because supposedly in this country, innocent until proven guilty. And people make mistakes. People get down and out. You never know what's going on. That being said, before I go into this, I want to go back. Because of how I feel and have felt all these years, I've always told Brandon, you must respect the cops because if you were a cop, and this is exactly my words to him, I'm your mom, and if you were a cop, I would want you to go into every situation thinking that you are going into a dangerous situation because you don't know. However, if there are four, five, two, if there are two of you cops with guns, the way that Floyd did, period. Mm-hmm. You, you, your responsibility mm-hmm. or your duty is to minimize whatever is going on. So let me say that I've never, ever, and I never will, because there are some good cops out there. Even when I see a white cop giving grace to a white person who has committed a crime, and he, he's in, they're in the midst of whatever, I don't judge that cop and say, he's doing that because they both are white or the, 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 the guy is white or whatever. I say perhaps this is one who was raised correctly, who does not discriminate. He sees this person mm-hmm. as a human being. So I've always, and I will continue to do so, but, and, and that, the reason 
because if I do it, if I'm, if I do it any differently, and I become one of the people that I'm talking to tonight, saying that it has to stop, and I won't become that person. But I'm not. I'm no longer becoming. Going to be the person that sits aside and thinks because it's not my time today. I won't say anything because mm-hmm. every one of the young men and women, they're my brothers and they're my sisters. If and especially for our Christian folks, sometimes we and I'm not. I'm not taking away from animals, but we will pitch a fit about a bear or a dog or something. Before we see black people as all in the places, we we will we will do everything, and I want to address why are they tearing up or burning down their neighborhood? When you get angry, let's say you're in a relationship, and you've gone in and out down this road so many times before with mates, and one night it blows up. Do you go down the street and the neighbor's house, or do you start throwing? And tearing up stuff in your house, in y'all's house. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that <laughs> is a, as crazy as it sounds, but when you think about, and, and I don't want anybody to say, oh, I've never did that. If you haven't, you will one day. You will be so much in love, I will drive crazy. Something will happen to take you out of character. And let me tell you, you will not go down the street and burn up somebody else's house. You're going to burn that down, right? Because that's where all of your frustration, your anger is. That's what you're going to do. It kills me when people cannot understand the the mental effects that slavery has on all of us. I didn't go through slavery, and I'll tell you, I don't think I could have. I wouldn't have made it out. I wouldn't have. Um, And some people will say you would have did what you had to do, but to me, that's not living. That's not being alive. So... I take nothing away from what he did. But I know this this time and our young people today, they're not going for it anymore. They're angry. Rodney, I even thought about what you said about we got the right to, to be at the front of the bus. As soon as we got we went to the back. We got the right to go to school, and now we have to be made to go to school. Even when our young kids go to school, they're being discriminated against. They're prisoners. That's, that's real being built based on young boys, black boys, inability to read. You have teachers that don't understand why they cannot read time because they're so stressed out. We don't pay them enough, but we'll pay men to catch all millions of dollars. And we wonder why people are coming out and have this frustration and this anger. Because it's not just us, like, with this anger. It's not just people. Because, again, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice for and for everybody. So we're angry. Our young men are angry. Young black boys, I've worked in the school system. Young black boys will be suspended many times more and quicker than any white male. They're tired from the age of kindergarten of being treated differently. I, I I don't know, Rodney, if we can do this, but there's something I'll throw it out there. You have not watched Brown Eyes and Blue Eyes Racism Experiment. Jane Elliott is her name. 
awaken you in a, in a way. If you have any kind of heart, first of all, minus the color, you will be moved by that experience. And it's basically telling kids that, that people the with the blue eyes are more or they're smarter, they're more important one day, and then the brown kids with the brown eyes, they're dumb, you can't you can't play on the playground, you can't drink out of the water, all of this. And then the next day reversing it. If you only it, you will be surprised how the, men, the mental state of the kids being told that they didn't perform as they usually They were mentally destroyed. They bought into it just based on the color of their eyes and being told that because of that, they were dumb. They could not, uh, again, they put on this for a while. They could not go up to the kids with the blue eyes. And then she reversed it. Jane Elliott is her name. If you've not heard of her, research her. But I wanted to give you guys a look into just some things that I know that men that I love have gone through. And um, there's, there's, there's one that I'm going to later, later share because it, it, it will shock some of you and it will um, it's deep. But I'm not ready to talk about that right now. Um, Brandon has been asked by a police officer whose car is this, not that you made an illegal turn, you ran a stoplight, um, none of that. Whose car is this? That's exactly what the police officer said. Wow. Um, very interesting. My brother and his best friend was sitting in his best who lived with his sister and police pulls up they're just sitting outside police what do you guys want here stop accuse them of breaking into the house and pretending that they live there uh, my brother's friends tried to get him just go in the house there's pictures in there you can you'll be able to see my, I live here with my sister I'm all over the house that turned into you would not believe. It is insane. It is insane. Um, my son's best friend, parents were out of town, called his sister. She lived in Germantown here, a very known area, I guess. Um, coming over, and like any sister that has a young brother, she says, yeah, that'll be an hour or so from now. She gets in the shower. He's knocking at her door because he this particular time he did go right there. He's knocking at her door. Wondering that where is she? So police pulls up. Bam. He he actually was beaten and taken to jail. Um wow. and he asked you, my my sister lives here. She's gotta be in there if you just give me a minute. And and he was angry because he's like, I'm here, my sister lives here. I'm here to see my sister. What, you, what am I doing out here? As if a black man cannot have a family member living in Germany. And this was in the early 2000s, maybe, something like that. Um, so, you guys, it's happening. And imagine going through life. I go to where if a police officer pulls up behind me, I get jittery. I get jittery. Like, it's just, and we should not feel that way. We should not feel that way. 
period. And it's Not wrong for me. I have seen I've seen cops videos of cops. These old people knocking an old person down like eighty some years old in the in Walmart parking lot, if you guys remember this. And this happened to be a a, a white silly person. I was furious because I couldn't do that in my life if I felt threatened. Because you know what? I feel like I can get to you stuff. I can get you down. Even if you if you get me, if you're able to stick me with this little knife you have, you can't have much strength in that. I'd rather take the cut than take your life. And I'm not an officer. I'd rather take the cut than take your life. I could not live. If I took someone's life within reason, like I have every, every right to do so, I would not be able to Because I see that life as this is someone's son, father, maybe he lost it for a minute, she lost it for a minute. Now their father's gone. Now their brother's gone. Now their son is gone. And if we don't have people on the force, number one, I think we let too many people by and in without me. It should be hard as hell to be a police officer. Now, Mm -hmm. being said, police officers should have more time off. I I don't think that they work 12 months a year. I think they should work and then go do some kind of comfort work um, where they're very hands-on and get to really help people. So we have a lot of work, but you must understand the systemic racism that takes place in classrooms, in the workplace, on the streets, you can't leave your home. I saw a sign said, if my son left home, and this was by a white lady, if my son left home, go to the store and didn't come back, if my son, all these things that have happened, she said, I burned down the dams as well. <laughs> those people that we need to stick up, we need to stand up along with us. Is there a problem within the black race, how we treat each other? Absolutely. But talk about how you feel about people who have a drug issue. Or who found some through something really dramatic and never really got to get over it. Hell, that's what's with us. Our parents went through something. Our grandparents could not go with it at the back of the bus. So we're pissed off. And now you're killing our kids. So something mm-hmm. is wrong with us. Something is really wrong with us. And it's time for it to be. And it's time for us to stand and stop taking it. Period. Period. Because I'm going to tell you guys, if it was if it was mine, I, I don't think I would stop at the city. It wouldn't be just the city that I burned down. And I'm just kidding real. And I want to be that way with, with this one. I am going down, and I'm going to take part. I never thought I would say I'm going down to take part. Because I'm thinking yeah. we need to come together first as one. But you know what? This is like being, this is like a drug. We are mentally disturbed based on what has happened to and what we have seen happen to our loved ones. We're judged just by the color of our skin. This is a box of damn crayons. All of this color is crayons. You guys are so offended by the color of our skin that you want to take this out. Think about that. Just based on the color of my skin. I am different. I'm not as important as your child 
or your mother. And if you're okay with that, then I have a problem with you. And you have a problem. Period. I'm mm. not saving face anymore. I'm not sitting around listening to the small, um, subliminal racism. It's over. It is over. I'm coming out where it happened. Just like I used to call Brandon out, wherever you act up is where I get on you. Period. That, so that's what we need to start doing. If you know a child is watching a child be mistreated in the school system, you know they're coming from a broken home. Again, systemic racism. We are paid less by a certain company just to be paid right. Just to get up here to where they were paying people that I was training just because of the color of my skin. And I sat and I waited and I watched and I paid attention and I gathered my information because I wanted to be sure that it was not me and that I'm assuming this. Yet, I don't treat all white people bad. But if you're bad, I'm not going to deal with you either just because of color skin and because you think it makes you more important than me. I'm not going to. And you say this... um, one nation under God, what God are you under? Justice for all? <laughs> so you are under a different God, or you think that God didn't include me or my son or Rodney in all? We're not all. That he made us a different day. The same God you say everything is good, made everything good. I guess he didn't make us. I guess I came from something different. I can I can sit down and have the conversation with anybody who truly does not get it. I took an ethnos class and I'll turn it back on you and I've talked about it on the show. One of the best things I could have ever done. I did at Hope Church. A group of people come together, white and black, all races, and they talk about racism. And I had a guy, we had a guy that says, Forgive me, forgive me before I ask this question. Because he did not want to offend us. He said, I really just don't get what you mean when you say systemic racism. What 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 does that mean and how does it happen? I can respect anybody who comes wholeheartedly and wants to speak, understand. And I explained the story about Brandon not being able to jog. I didn't want him to jog when we moved in the house, about me being wanting to take the dinner to him rather than having him come to the house and get it because I would from the time he leaves his house to to mine, I'm worried. I'm stressed because I know cops any moment can pull up behind him and say he's a black young man. Nine o'clock, it could be nine o'clock at night. Should not have to feel that way. I should feel like I'm glad that they're out because they can protect him. Something's mm. wrong. It's been wrong. It's it's wrong before the knee killed Floyd. It's wrong before it was wrong before that. And what I hope, Rodney, does not happen is we don't get quiet ever again. And we make it known that we will not tolerate this anymore. Period. If it takes everything and everybody out, we will not tolerate it any longer. 
not but not based on the if you're a cop and you can put your knee in someone after after this time after all this happened let's go back to Rodney King like watch you beat his ass on TV we watched it you still told us it was right we watched it so imagine what you do with the things that we don't see Imagine how the young black male that you pull up in the middle of the night when no one's around, imagine how he feels. Mm-hmm. And it should not be that way. Should not be that way. Back over to you, Rodney. Don't 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 get too comfortable uh yet, Tim. I got a question for you, but I do want to take a minute and um I do want to shout out some very special people um, who I work with um, who are tuning in tonight. Miss um, Miss uh, Wooten, uh, who you know, Tammy, um, who's been uh, tuning in for about the last two or three months, um, even though she's she's not in Iowa anymore. She, she's back on the East Coast, but um, she's tuning in. Uh, there are also two other teachers uh, from my school, uh, Miss Carrie Hester and Miss Willette Mathlin, who are uh, tuning in with us tonight as well. So I did want to um, shout that shout them out, um, and, and we definitely appreciate you guys' support. Uh, we're glad that that you are here. Um, uh, I've actually Miss <laughs> actually uh, texted Miss Wooten and uh, and she said she she said she she's so like in, in, into what we were talking about. Uh, she she didn't even have time to text me. Um, and uh, Ms. Hester has sent me a, a few different links, and I'll share those with you um, also, Tammy, so that you can check them out. The lady that you mentioned, I forgot her name, um, but as soon as Jane you said Elliot. her name, yep, as soon as you said it, Tamari was like, oh, I like her. She's good. Um, so uh, Ms. Hester sent me a couple of uh, YouTube links, and then uh, when I made the comment about um, the Pledge of Allegiance, Ms. Mathlin sent me something on that. So I'll share those uh, with you after the show. But I did want to shout them out. Thank you guys again for listening. Um, Tammy, um, I do want to ask you this, and, and, and you don't have to answer right now, and I feel like even if you do answer now, you might think of something, you know, before the end of the show. How do we, and when I say we, I don't mean just me and you. I don't mean black people. I mean anybody who wants to. How do we first acknowledge what has happened um, before now and what is still happening? How do we acknowledge, how do we heal, and how do we move forward? Where do we go from here? And And that means... Anybody who wants to, and, and, and I'm not talking about the people who are racist. I'm not talking about those people. I'm not talking about the people who are ignorant. I'm not, like, those people, I don't care about them right now. In fact, I don't care about them. I don't care about them, period. I want to talk about the people who are white, who are black, who are Hispanic, who are Native American, who are Asian, they could be aliens for all I care. The people who really want change. Because these teachers I know they they work with 
students of all backgrounds, students of all ethnicities, and they try to address everything that they can. And a lot of teachers do that. A lot of police officers do what they can. But everyone, because you got a lot of people, especially if they're not black, who say, and I've had people say this to me, how do I talk to my child about what's going on? What do I say to them? Because kids start out innocent. Nadia does not know her colors. And if Nadia, just to throw a little, a little humor in here, we were out at Red Robin yesterday and sitting in the parking lot, me, Tamaria, and Nadia, just having dinner in the parking lot, sitting in the, in the back of the truck. And this white lady who looked like she was probably in her 50s, white lady, Walking by on the phone, Nadia goes, hey, girl, <laughs> to this lady. <laughs> Nadia didn't care that the lady was white. She, none of that mattered to her. And I feel like at some point we steal that from children. I think it starts at home, could be in school. I don't know. I think that that there could be a lot lot of different sources. But how do we first acknowledge, and I'm asking how do we acknowledge, because it's easy to say we just acknowledge it. No, because some people have a hard time being honest with themselves. So how do we acknowledge, how do we heal, and how do we move move forward? Well, Rodney, acknowledging it, There's a couple of ways. My initial thought was there's no way not to acknowledge it. And if people have an issue acknowledging it, then you really have to do some soul searching. It is right before us. It is in in black and white to speak. Um, So I think we should, all of us should do some soul searching. Like, because there's some days I laid here and just cried. I was so emotional these last two weeks. And and I just got a chance to look, to see Floyd's face. Like, I just recently was able to just look. Um, so imagine, maybe a way to acknowledge it is to imagine it being your child, your brother, um Regardless of the, the race of cop, imagine someone saying, I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. And we've been down this road before. Um, what would you want to happen? What would you need from the police officers? What would you need from society? What would you need from people who did not look like you? Would you want them saying, well, oh, well, you know, that was a white cop that did to a white child. Would, color, would you want color to be a part of it? Depends on your color of your skin right now. Because this is this is our life. Like, we're just waiting. I'm sitting here like, okay, we're here again. Who's next? Who will be next? Whose son will be next? I don't acknowledge it. I guess I'll say there. I don't, I don't know if, if that is even something that we have to address because it's here. It's here. 
It's here. How do we heal? Oh, that's Rodney. Um, I do think that as as a race, we have to first really admit the mental effects of what has happened to the We have to understand down to, again, I bought up and some people may not have been on, um, however you carry your child, your child is going to be affected by that. Kids are, we think it happens beyond birth, once they're birth, once they're here. But what we eat as a mother, as carrying out the stresses, we know that. So how do you think that my mother was not stressed? How do you think that my mother's grandma, my mother's mother, my grandmother was not stressed? Because it was much different back then than it is now. Um, although I think the same. I don't think we have, people may not agree with me on this. I think we are farther back. Like, I don't know. If he wants to, oh, you're able to get this job, this job, you do this, you can go to school. Shit, I've been right all along. Something I should be like, oh, thank you. I'm part of the all that you want, that you put so much emphasis on in this bag. So why should that be like, thank you, kudos to you for letting, letting me go to school? Thank you. No. So people have got to start speaking up when it happens. And Rodney, I want we have teachers on. I want, I've been in the school system. We have some teachers. I know that your hands, you feel like your hands are tied most of the time well. And for the most part, you want to do the right thing. But you have mouths to feed as well. And I think sometimes people are going alone. We have to go in numbers. One person just can't walk out. Everybody needs to say, oh, we're all out. They did it with us with, with this now. They shut down everything. Shut it down. And we had to abide. And we can say well, it was based, it was our lives. We could have cost us our lives. You guys, again, injustice. Look, look. do you think um, the fire will stop at your neighborhood? What if, what if they decide to go to other neighborhoods? It's just it's, it's just insane. So everybody's got to come real and keep it real um, in order for us to heal. And that will take a very long time. Just like getting over an abusive relationship, whether it's physical, emotional, it takes time to get over that. So it's just so interesting to me that people think, that just be over it. You're free now. Are we really? Are we really? <laughs> and I don't know when I'm gonna when I can get up and see a white person knee and a black man or, or persons to kill him. And it's not even it's months later and maybe you're gonna maybe we're gonna get justice for it? Maybe. But if it was Rodney, he would have been in jail that night. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. There's no, there's no question about that. None. None. People have got to get real with themselves. Stop trying to save face in their their personal image 
themselves. Because a lot of this is ego. We have um, learned to esteem people by their titles and their positions. And you put an emotional uh, person in a police suit and give them a car with a gun, boy, you've just created danger. You've just given somebody okay, not okay, to do whatever they want to do. And you continue to look other officers get by with it. That's why he can, this man was able to do this and think, oh, well, right to do this. Forget about serve and protect. Forget that I have other officers standing right here with me that can help me minimize the situation so that a death does not occur. Forget that. I have a to keep my knee in your throat or your neck and kill you and mm-hmm. wait for months. Before I am in for justice for this man and his family. If that does not acknowledge it, if that doesn't say that we have a problem still in America, then something's wrong with that person. And they need to go back and deal with themselves first so that we can work on healing. Because this is everybody's problem. Everybody. Do we have work to do? Absolutely. But again, how do you fix something that you continue to see? How do you heal? I think that we have young kids that don't think that they are any that they that they are beyond what they see. Don't tell me can I do it. I live in in a in a city who one part of the city McDonald's is required to look a certain way and then you put your railroad tracks to divide cities and this is going to look whatever way so if you can mm-hmm. require something then you can make something predatory see it's people's perception and reality of them and if you make me feel like nothing you've made my mother feel like nothing you've made my daddy feel like nothing my daddy had a situation with the cops when he was a young boy and now I'm still worrying about his grandson going through it. And then if I talk like this, you want to call me an angry black woman. Hell yeah, I'm angry. Black, white, or blue, I'm angry. I'm hurt. And while you're still trying to justify this through the flag, a flag, put the flag down because what you say it stands for, it does not. So call me what you may, but to do that means you are not acknowledging it. And it's just just for your suffrage. It's just for your, I don't know, even spiritually, who will find a way to justify this by saying that all that God did was good. So again, was I? What did he not create me? Did he not create my son? Before I turn it back over to you right now, I remember in he said, a young black male or a black male can make a judgment in area. He told me this in high school. He said that we can make what should be seen as a mistake, just a, a teenage, a stupid mistake. But when we do it, it's looked at as a lifestyle. This is this is this is a life. This is his lifestyle. When I did, does it? Oh, they just made a bad. They made a mistake. Like the young man in 
Idaho, I think, and I saw this on my friends. Uh, I heard about it before, but he's he's the young white male that stuck something up his kid rectum that um, I think I think something was he was stealing something in some area, some way. This kid got off. This kid did no time. You cannot tell me that we're in the land of free, that there's justice for all. You cannot tell me that. And it's that there's something wrong with you. Period. Period. And I make no, no, there's no apologies for it, period. If you say you don't see this, something wrong. Come out of your shell. Come out of your neighborhood. Come out from behind your picket white fence. Just keep it real. Your other question, how do we move forward? Right now, we don't. We don't move forward until we get justice in this. And justice thereafter. We stay right here where we are. We stay right here doing what we're doing. However you feel about it, I, I don't know how I feel about burning down. Because I just told you, if it was my child, just arrest them. So those are, those are some questions I really wish I had some solid answers to. But I can tell you I feel solid. We don't move forward. We don't even talk about it right now. Let's see what happens this one. Let's see how long it takes for the next one to happen. And then there's they make excuses for it. So we have to take back control. We are, we are, we are the people. Meaning, black, white, blue. We we elect these people in office. You can tell Trump. You can tell me if, if that was President Obama, I would be more conversation about this. Some of you won't even say that he is crazy, or he needs to be because he's the same color as you, and perhaps you voted for him. Rather than just saying, you know what, I voted, I don't know what I did, what I was thinking, I messed up. Let's get him out. It's rather save your self-image than say it. But I know that I know that I know if President Obama had did or said some of the things that our president said, I would, oh my goodness, he would have been on, Period. I would see more of your post about unbelievable. And that comes from a place of how you already feel about the color of his skin, not the character of the man. Back over to you. Tammy, you have said a mouthful. <laughs> um Oh, and, and and one of my one of my friends is asked, "What can I do?" And um, and, and I'll and I'll answer that um in just a second. I do want to give a shout out to another friend of mine, uh, Mike D'Amelio, um, who I've had a lot of conversations with about uh, Tammy. My my people are out in full force tonight, I must say. Um, but but Mike is a very close friend of mine. Um, we worked together for many years, and uh, we've had a lot of uh, conversations over the past few weeks. And I want to go back to acknowledging what has happened and 
and, and how we acknowledge it. I think that we, we, we have to start with what you said, Tammy, in that we, we all need to search our souls. We need to search ourselves. We need to search our hearts. And we have to, we have to acknowledge that just because something is not our reality doesn't mean that it's not real. And when I was in grad school, we had to do an assignment, and it was called Learn, Unlearn, Relearn. And it was basically about looking at things that you either learned in college, looking at things that you learned at home, wherever you learned things, or how, however you became the person that you were, looking at those things and then reading different books, listening to other people's opinions, and, and, and allowing yourself and your belief system to be challenged. And see, most of us don't want to admit that we've ever been wrong. Most of us mm-hmm. don't like to do that. And, you know, I think that, I think that it holds us back because it is okay to say I was once ignorant. And I remember uh, Tony Edgehill, who was on the show maybe about a month ago, I saw a post of his last week, and people got upset with him because he said, I don't think Drew Brees is racist. He said, I think Drew Brees is willfully ignorant. And I said, you know what, I'm going to start saying it about people because I I, I really think that uh, uh, there are people who are just willfully ignorant. They don't know that they're ignorant, and when people try to talk to them, they, they are not trying to hear it. So if somebody is trying to have a conversation with you, even if you don't agree, even if you don't adapt their philosophies or their ideas, even if you don't, even if you don't, at least try to hear where they're coming from and try to understand. Because if not, that's exactly what you are. You are willfully ignorant. Like you you are making a decision to be ignorant. I will never pretend to understand what it's like to grow up in a rural area. I won't. I didn't grow up in the in the quote country. I don't know what it's like. When my best friend talks about his grandmother having chickens in the yard and running around and chopping their heads off and, and that's where the whole, you know, running around running around like a like a chicken with your head cut off, where that comes from. You know, when he talked about his country growing up, I don't know anything about it. I didn't grow up in the country. So I would never try to tell him, oh, no, no, you're making that up. And another thing that we also have to remember, something that we we also have to acknowledge, it isn't just black people who feel the wrath of the people at the top, meaning for those of you who are listening or may listen to this broadcast at another time, mm-hmm. I think, based on what I've seen, poor white people are thrown to the wolves 
just the same. If you are not considered elite by the elite, meaning if wealthy white people look at you and think that you are less than them, even if you are white, guess what? They think of you in the same way. They could care less. A good friend of mine is about to become a, a, a principal in an area in West Virginia that's that's extremely poor. And, you know, I can't wait to go out there and see what it's like because I'm intrigued. I want to see how other people live because I know that it's just not black people going through a struggle. Other people go through a struggle too. So we also got to acknowledge that too. We also have to acknowledge that, yes, we as black people have some shortcomings. Yes, we have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that we as black people have to do better. However, when we're talking about police brutality, let's not bring up black on black crime. Let's talk about police brutality. And then at another time, we can we can address black on black crime. We can address uh the fact that African American males usually have the lowest reading scores in the school. We can talk about that. We can talk about, you know, uh, the absence of black fathers. We can talk about all of those things. But let's talk about those things in a timely fashion. So if you want to acknowledge, if you want to acknowledge what's going on or what has happened, because a lot of people think that these are just random examples Cases like George Floyd, it's it's an example. I had a friend ask me, um, and I can't remember if, if it was, I can't remember in the context in which he asked me, and I, and I do apologize for that. But he he mentioned example versus trend, and I said to him, these these are not examples. These are trends. This has been going on for hundreds of years. We think that just because somebody signs a piece of paper that life is going to change. It does not because people are constantly finding loopholes. And respect in my house might mean something totally different in your house. So there's always going to be a constant battle. There's going to be discussions that need to be had. And when we think about communication, we always talk about the talking part of communication. We leave out that listening is just as important as talking. And like a wise man once told me, there's a reason why you have two ears and one mouth. You should listen twice as much as you talk, but we don't do that. And just so everyone knows, even even when it comes to acknowledging, acknowledging, acknowledge the fact that you've been dismissive. If you're one of those people who quick who are quick to jump and say, "Well, I support the the, the men and women who are out here putting their lives on the line," you're being dismissive. And you are not acknowledging the fact that another black life has been taken. I know, I know uh, plenty of, 
outstanding police officers. I think about people like um, a kid that I once coached one time, Connor Lane. He's a police officer. Just an outstanding human being. Comes from a great family. I think about people like my friend Esteban Jordan. I think about people like uh, Trey Lawler. I think about Marcus Hyde. Like these are just um, even my ex-fiance, Anita Moore. Just these are just good cops. They're good people. And we're not talking about them. I want to bring something else up too, Tammy. When when there are cases like George Floyd's, right? Yes, we know that 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 officer was just a crap. He he has to just be a crappy person to do something like that. To me, that goes way beyond your role or your job as a police officer. You're just a crappy person to me because there was no need for that. There was no need for that. And so for me, I think about how if we're talking about, I forgot the, I forgot the officer's name, but if we're talking about him and what he did, that is not a reflection on every single police officer. Just like, when I see news articles about teachers sleeping with students, I don't get offended. I don't become offensive. I don't feel like I need to clear my name. I don't feel like when people are, you know, going after that teacher who has slept with this little child, I don't feel like those people are attacking me because I've never slept with the kid. I'm not that teacher. That teacher doesn't speak for me. That teacher doesn't speak for my profession. That, that teacher only speaks for their trifling behind. When teachers get caught with drugs, when they get caught cheating on tests, you know, the, the, the scandal that happened in Atlanta, that, that, that had nothing to do with me. Those were bad apples in my profession. I don't have to live with the decisions that they made. They did. They have to live with that. They got jail time for that. I don't, I've never taken offense to that. And I don't think police officers should take offense when we are saying, you know what, this needs to stop. They shouldn't take offense to that. Because if you're a, if you're a, if you're a, uh, um, a good person, if you're a good police officer, and that's not how you roll, you should say, you know what, I don't want that person in my profession either. I don't want I don't want teachers in my school who are mistreating children. And if I find out about it, I will I will do everything I can to get them out of there. Cuz I don't want them there. You sh- there are people in 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 my profession who have no business working with children. Exactly. I don't have the authority to remove them because I because I sure would. I don't have the authority to remove them. But if I'm their supervisor, you better believe I'm going to write them up. I'm glad that, you know, I get to work with some outstanding people. But I've worked with, with, uh, I've worked with crappy teachers. I remember, and, I won't, and I've worked in several different school districts. I've worked in a few districts, so I, I don't want to, you know, um, I don't want people to start assuming, a, you know, because you, you may not even know what I'm talking about. But I remember when I was working in a particular school, and 
something went down where those where, where the teachers had like pretty much like the way that they treated me when they found out that I was leaving it wasn't cool and I remember I wasn't even going to say anything I was just like oh like things are different like I didn't think I didn't think it was cool I didn't think it was right but I was like you know what whatever man I'm leaving in 3 weeks that's their issue they got to deal with it you know and, and I don't mean their issue that I'm leaving but their issue with how they felt and how they treated me. And a friend of mine kept saying no, because you got to think about like, what if they do this to somebody else who isn't as strong as you, who can't handle it? You need to tell, and, and, and my boss at the time, her name was Christina Brown. Love that lady. Love her. Uh, one of the best leaders I've ever worked under. Um, but I ended up saying, hey, Ms. Brown, I need to talk to you. And I and I hey, this is what happened. We gotta start doing that. So how do we heal? You first acknowledge, hey, there are some things that I missed. Hey, there are some things that I did not understand. There are some things that I don't understand. But and I may never understand because I'm not black. So I may never have that experience of getting pulled over and feeling like, ooh, this was uncomfortable. Maybe you won't. But acknowledge the fact that, hey, I've been dismissive. Hey, I've been ignorant. Hey, I've been on the wrong side. Hey, I thought that, you know, I grew up in this area and, you know, I never saw what, 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 what you're talking about. Never saw that. My parents were not like that. And that's cool. But acknowledge it. And here's how we heal from it. Stop being a hypocrite. Stop having these double standards. Stop, stop calling out one thing and, and, and not talking about the other. I was listening to a clip, uh, and I was so glad the guy did it. Saturday when I was out working, this guy played a clip from, uh, from Martin Luther King's speech, and he said people, um, and Martin Luther King was talking about how he did not, um, rioting was not his thing. He did not believe in that. Like he, was, he believed that there was a better way, that there was another way. He said, however, don't just talk about people rioting if you're not going to talk about why they are rioting in the first place. And so when I hear people talking about the looting and, and setting things on fire, okay, cool. How did we get there? Don't, 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 don't tell me that this lady – uh, shot her husband or burned his stuff like uh, Angela Bassett did on Waiting to Exhale. Don't tell me about what she did. Why did she do it in the first place? Is it like you said, Tammy? This man had been physically or verbally abusing her and she just got sick of it? Or was this man cheating on her and, and, and she finally, like, they had had a number of conversations and it was going on for 20, 30 years? Or, you know, she got tired of, like, going to work, getting up and going to work every day, and this man is home, you know, playing video games, or he dropping her off at work, and then he, you know, doing his thing, hanging out with his boys during the day, and she finally got sick of it. Stop focusing on the actions alone, or the reactions, I should say. But how did we get there? Don't tell me that this tree is dying 
Because I'm going to ask you about the roots. How did you plant the tree? And so in order to heal, we got to be, all of us, we got to all admit at some point we were wrong. That's how we start to heal. And we, we come up with ways to make things better. Maybe you aren't going to end up on Ella DeGeneres. Maybe you, CNN is not going to give you airtime. But control what you can control. Maybe your part is just speaking up when, when you hear people say things ignorant. When, when people say ignorant things out of their mouth. Maybe your role is just say, hey, do you know that man? When they start talking about, oh, well, he was a thug anyway, and they bring up George, George Floyd or, or uh, Trayvon Martin, or, you know, they bring up all the bad. Wait a minute, did you know him? Can you speak for him? You don't know that man. Don't tell me about what he did when he was a teenager, because, hell, if people bring up what I did when I was a teenager, anybody would be justified for killing me. <laughs> you know, and and, and so... And, and and for those of you watching on Facebook, my video is going to cut out uh, in a second because my, my computer died. But I but, think it uh, did. Hopefully yeah, it can... already has Rodney. Oh, okay. But but that's how we heal. And, and and to my friend who asked what we can what can we do, I because I know you personally, I'm going to say keep doing what you are doing because you know I, obviously I don't see you outside of school, but I I think that you are the same person out of school that you are in school, and you're you're a very genuine person, and and, and I think that you care about people, and and I, and you don't tolerate anything, you don't you don't put up with people's BS, and I would say just keep doing that. But you know, to add to that, when you know, expand a little bit. You know, maybe if you're if you're teaching kids. Go into their neighborhoods. Um, here's what I like to do, uh, uh, Tammy and everybody who's listening. I like to consider myself as an independent when we talk about politics. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I, 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 like, to, I like to listen to everybody with an open mind and then go from there. But here's what I do. I watch all of the networks. I listen to everybody because I want to hear what everybody's saying. So one of the things that we all can do, let's say you are a Democrat and you like to watch CNN and MSNBC. If you're a Democrat, turn on Fox News sometimes because they're a more conservative news station. Listen to what is being said on Fox News. If you're a conservative, if you're a Republican, listen to liberal. And don't listen and say, oh, that's BS, or oh, they're stupid, or oh, they're crazy. No, listen to what they're saying. Because if it is BS, you should be able to see the BS coming. But if, if it, and you cannot grow as a, as a person, you can't grow as a human being if all you talk to are people who agree with everything that you say. 
You can't grow if, if, if there are never any disagreements. You can't grow. So talk to people. You can learn a lot from an ignorant person. Even if it's just that they are ignorant, you can learn from them. You can have some of your best conversations with those people who hang out in front of the 7-Eleven that nobody wants to talk to. You can learn a whole lot. You can learn a whole lot from talking to people that, you know, dropped out of school. Talk to different people. Expand. Don't just keep talking to the same people because y'all agree, because y'all are friends, because y'all are siblings. No. Talk to people who, who think differently than you do. Because that's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to learn. When you get a chance, listen to listen to different music. If all you listen to is R&B and rap, listen to country sometimes. Listen to the lyrics. If you, all you do is listen to rock or heavy metal, listen to, listen to hip-hop sometimes. You need to know what is going on in different cultures, even if you don't agree with it. Even if it doesn't change your perspective, at least know what is there. Know what's out there. Be versatile. Be flexible. Back over to you, Tammy. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna grab my uh, my cord for my computer. Okay. I, um, I want to. Okay. Thanks. I want to go back to the Martin Luther King when um, he said, you know, there's a better way, and that he did not believe in. Um, he believed in doing it peacefully. I challenge some of you who may are like, well, I don't get this. I don't quite understand the frustration, the anger. That's a, that's another start. Go back and start looking, um, studying history, the history of slavery, um, how blacks are seen, have been seen alone. Um, and think about something that you have not overcome that has happened to you in your life. Think about the the most challenging that has occurred or done to you that you, for whatever reason, cannot get past it. And multiply that a trillion. That's where we are. So go back. Because even though he wanted the king had a peaceful um, protest. Go back and look at some of the videos how the dogs were still at the water hoses still put out the water on them. And here we are now and you're asking not you all listening but the question is that why are they burning down their neighborhood? That's a start. Um also, if you are a part of the system, parents, or, or or you don't, I remember going to a a meeting, and and Brandon was out of school. It was about how can we do better in our school system, and I think we are so used to being we get caught up into the emotion of things, and we do a little bit, um, and and sometimes I feel like the system just entices us. You know, we just. We throw the rod there and they grab it. We're not going to pull them in. We know that. Meaning all of us. We're just going to throw it out there and make it seem like we're going to we're 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 helping. We want a solution. Force solutions. Demand solutions. Um, I remember again. This child was not mine. I didn't know this child. 
I walked into Little Caesars and I just, I always ask kids, what do you go to? How are you doing? What's going on? This young man said, not so good. Um, this has been years ago. I said, what's going on? He was like, well, I'm not doing good in, in one of my classes. And I said, why? It's one of my people. And it, it, we were, well, I say we, not mine, but the school system was maybe four months into school. Long enough he, for him to have a book. He said, well, we don't have books, but the teacher still um, holds us responsible for knowing this. And I was like, what do you mean you don't have books? It's like they said, don't have four months into school. Now, Yes, this was a predominantly black school. Um, I took it upon myself. I called the school the next day. Didn't get anywhere there. I called the Board of Education, and I was not going to let it go, period. Just, it, it wasn't difficult. The lady that I talked to, she was a white lady, over that particular um, school week, it was high school, and said, what do you mean they don't have books? And I said, ma'am, I'm just telling you, talk to the young man. I talked to the teacher. They said they don't have books. She took the name of the class down because I got all my information. And she says, can I call you back? Sure. Call me back. And she was appalled that the books had been sitting on the in the school warehouse all this time. The teacher just had not um, recognition form, I think that was the word, did not put in an order for those. And she was lit. That's what we need to do. Don't think because your kid is out of school. It's like the school bus commercial. If you've never seen it, school bus driver pulls up. Well, before that morning, the school bus driver getting high. And this has nothing to do with school bus drivers, schools, teachers, whatever. It's a commercial that has always fascinated me. It's getting high, and the commercial says, not your issue, right? So you may say, it's not my issue, not not your issue, you know, not my kid's school, drive, school bus driver, whatever. Well, then they finish getting high. They go get their bus, their bus route. Now it's your issue. But what I'm saying here is this is whatever is going on is your issue. Because it filters out. It filters out. The anger is going to continue to multiply. There's going to come a point where the better way is not what you're seeing. It's not, a, it's not even half of what you're seeing now. So start start in a way that you can um, be effective. Don't stand for injustice. Look beyond what you see in a child. I'm so moved when you said um, you realized that, that a kid would only start to act out when it was time for math. And the reason ended up being because he did not know it. And so he did not want to be embarrassed. So what do I do? I would act out, sent to the office, and be embarrassed. I challenge you guys. There, James Baldwin, B-A-L-D-W-I-N, if you've never looked him up, watched him, please go back and watch. It's called it's James Baldwin, Black Lives Matter. 
It was a speech in 1965. I wasn't born. Three years later, I was born. He was talking about Black Lives Matter in 1965. Things were better, getting better. So go back and watch it. There's another lady, Ruby Payne, Framework for Understanding Economic Classes. If your school has never had, or your district, or your town, or your city has never invited her, and if you never see her onto one of her workshops, please Google, Google her. Ruby Payne. She talks about poverty, the mindset, understanding poverty, um, the children that come from poverty. Um, one of the biggest stories, the one that I remember the most, um, and, and for those of you who are listening online or whatever, you will brought already that uh, you will lose us. If you called in, you'll still be able to hear us. Facebook, you'll still be able to hear us as well. But this kid, she Ruby talked about knowing that this kid was smart and that he knew his stuff, but for some reason he was failing. And when she talked to him, and he says, "I can't pass this. Class. We don't. They don't make A's where I come from. I make A's. I'm gonna be shown from my neighborhood. They're not gonna like me. They're not gonna wanna, you know, act with me. And so after some time." What she asked him is, well, can I just at least give you a C, get a C from you? Can you lose some of your friends? Because I know you know it. So look beyond what you see and think about why is Bible's, what is going on here? How can I make a difference in this child's life? I have brought children home with me in the day that were as different as night and day. Family would say, Is this the same child that you've been talking about at school? Yes, but just the environment changed their actions, their actions, their personality, their character for a moment. And then don't blame the parent. Think about what is this, what has this parent gone through? Maybe the baby's father. Her husband was one of the ones that he has put in jail over a ticket or over, I don't know, a small amount of marijuana. Look at the law. Who goes free and who doesn't for the same crime? It starts. It it looks like it's here. There's so much going on behind the scenes. This protest is not just about the need. Have people down there, black males, possibly females as well, has had some form of injustice. Angry. Some of you will be upset that I've used some choice words, and I'll tell you, this is that's something that I never did on the radio show. I started to do it now to prove a point. Some of you will get be more have more talk about my choice of words, then you will see this man die at the hands of someone who was to, there to protect and serve. I don't care if the check was bad or whatever. I don't know. I don't care what it was. 
they don't get to make that decision and take his life because of that. Ruby Payne, framework for understanding economic class. Tell your principal about her. Tell your um, whomever is responsible for that. Look her up. Go to one of her workshops. Um, bring her to your school doing doing times, you know, you guys don't have the kids. I know things are quite different now. Jane Baldwin, and I cannot say enough, I cannot say enough about Jane Elliott. Look at, and Rodney, I sent you um, a video. Go beyond the, the small children. Go beyond the third graders. Go to the ones that she did with the college students. She separated them um, by things as well. And I promise you, if, you're, if this does not make you want to dig deeper, we need to do some self-reflection and think about this. And Think about what we said early on. If you did not hear this, and I heard uh, Rodney's wife, Tamaria, say this, and it's simple. When you are driving and you're at the traffic light and, and the pedestrian is walking across, you want them to go across as quick as possible. You don't want them to, to linger or take their time. Most people are like, would you please just move on? Or if somebody's in front of you, whatever. When you are the pedestrian, when you are crossing the street, if that car comes at you or if that car, you know, the person shipped you on, you need to get across, you will not think about how you were or how you are. So a lot of this is ego, being egotistic, it's selfishness, it's self-image, it's self-importance, um, all of those things. And yet, a lot of people were raised this way. So I must say, just like the things that we have taken on with us due to our upbringing, due to the, the mental effects of slavery, I get, I get it. But it comes a point where you know right from wrong. It comes a point, if you believe in this Pledge of Allegiance, the flag of the United States of America, if you believe in all this Finish it off, liberty and justice for all. And if you believe in God, then how are you acknowledging this? Going back to the right questions. How are you acknowledging this? And for some, would you say, what would Jesus do in the midst of all of this? What would Jesus do? So, again, those are some places to start. I think Rodney and I will come back. Do this again next Tuesday. I want to talk more about systemic racism, some of the things that take place in our court system. Um, again, crimes or whatever is seen as a mistake for the majority of the white race, but it's a lifestyle. It's seen as a lifestyle. You don't get to do this. You don't get to make a mistake. You don't get to make a bad judgment. And so we're going to go deeper, talk about some things um, over the next few weeks. And I will be down. Um, I'm just waiting to. I am joining Black Lives Matter here. Um, just as soon as I hear back, you will be able to come and go and do. I'm going to be more active. You will hear my voice. You will see my voice, perhaps. And if there's not room there, please know me doing whatever I can 
but I can't sit here anymore and wait for it to stop. I can't stop. So, Rodney, I'll turn it back over to you. Thanks it, to everyone. It's funny, Tammy, because I've, I've actually uh, – can you hear me, Tammy? So I've actually gotten a few uh, text messages from people. Uh, what'd you say, Tammy? I said, I guess I should check mine. I have two. I'm sorry, I didn't even check that. Okay. Yeah, I, I got a text from people that the uh, that anybody who was not listening by phone, their audio went out at 11 o'clock. So if people were listening on Facebook, uh, you know, if they were listening live on Facebook, the audio went out. Um, okay. Or, uh, the people who are listening just, you know, through the through the blog talk radio um site, their their audio went out. So definitely um a lot more that we could talk about, uh, a lot more that we can get into, but I'm glad that we at least started the conversation tonight and and, and for those of you who are new to the show tonight, um we we do this all the time. Um again we talk about diff different topics. Uh so um I'm sure this won't be the last time that we talk about this. Uh, I don't know if we'll come back with it next week or, you know, we we have a, another idea for next week, but uh, just stay tuned and uh, and stay with us. Um, I do I do have one announcement, Tammy. Uh, me, Tamaria, and um, one of her friends, uh, Amber, we are going to be doing um, uh, a special show um, on June 19th, and I'll give out more details about that. Um, next Tuesday, um, and how people can uh, can tune in and join us for that show. Uh, anything on your end, Tammy? Um, not right now. Um, well, no, not right now. I know we're 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 out of time and all that. I'll have some next week about some things I have going on, but not right now. I'm just thankful that we got this, and it was a peaceful. Um, it's a people's show, so I'm thankful for that. We didn't get any any calls as we usually do when we're talking about stuff like this. We usually get those calls from people who just don't think we're worthy in any way, just based on our calls. So I'm thankful for that. Um, so that's about it. All right. Well. Thank you guys again, especially um, to the teachers that I work with. Um, thank you guys again for tuning in to us. Thank you uh, to all of our, our our people who called in. Uh, we had several uh, people who listened by phone tonight. Thank you guys. Um, a lot of the um, numbers that, that I see on a regular. Uh, thank you guys for always supporting the show. Um, thank you guys for being on with us. I see Cousin Diane's number out there and a few others. Um, but thank you guys for always tuning in and being there for us and with us. Um, thank you guys for always supporting the show. Those of you who will listen to the archive show, we appreciate you as well. Um, to everybody who listened online, to everyone who put up with us while we were trying to figure this thing out at the very beginning, uh, we were trying to sort this out. We thank you for your patience and uh and, and just bearing with us while we got it 
uh, got it together. Uh, thank you to uh, my wife, Tamaria, who helped us out a great deal with um, setting up tonight's show and, and who always tunes in um, and offers her input. Uh, we appreciate all of you. And until next Tuesday, we hope that you guys stay blessed, stay healthy, and stay safe. Good night, everybody. It's been a